So now we're going to be reading God's word. So if we can get you to open to Luke 12, 35 to 48, that's where I'll be reading from. I'll give you guys a moment to do that. So that's Luke 12, 35 to 48. Be dressed ready for service and keep your lamps burning like servants waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will dress himself to serve. will have them recline at the table and will come and wait on them. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them ready, even if he comes in the middle of the night or toward daybreak. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You must also be ready, because the Son of Man will come at any hour when you do not expect him. Peter asked, Lord, are you telling this parable to us or to everyone? The Lord answered, Who then is the faithful and wise manager, whom the master puts in charge of his servants to give them their food allowance at the proper time? It will be good for that servant whom the master finds doing so when he returns. Truly I tell you, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But suppose the servant says to himself, My master is taking a long time in coming, and he then begins to beat the other servants, both men and women, and to get eat and get and drink and get drunk. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him and an hour he is not aware of. He will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the unbelievers. The servant who knows the master's will and does not get ready or does not do what the master wants will be beaten with many blows. But the one who does not know and does things deserving punishment will be beaten with few blows. For from everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. Hey, Toon Gabby. Uh, it's Pastor James here, and I have the joy of opening up God's Word for us today as we continue our sermon series in journeying with Jesus. As many of you may be aware, it's, we're, in a, we're in a time where we actually we don't know how long this lockdown is actually going to go for now. It's, it's, you know, originally, we thought it would be two weeks, four weeks, and now it may be going through to September. But I want to encourage you in this moment to keep watching online. This is the best thing that we can do. But I also want you to, to listen out for next week. We've got some exciting news over the coming weeks of some of the things that we're going to be doing in the life of Toon Gabby Baptist Church. So stay tuned next week um, as you get to get a bit of a taste of some things that we're going to be doing that helps us to love and care for one another uh, through this difficult time. But as we come to God's Word, let me pray for us um, as we come to a, a difficult, challenging passage for us from Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for us to be able to open up your word, to read it. But even in this moment where we can't meet in person, just to have the internet, to have cameras where we can hear your word spoken and read and preached to us. Lord, we pray that right now that as we come to this wonderful passage that's really difficult, that we will be ready and we will be faithful expecting jesus to return lord help us to shape our life in this moment lord we can face today with hope lord and so help us to do that we pray holy spirit work powerfully in our lives now and help us to live intentional lives as we wait 
for Jesus to come. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. What's on your horizon this week? What's captured your imagination for the week, the month that lies ahead? What's your horizon look like now? Well, maybe for you, your horizon just looks like doing work over Zoom with long hours and heaps of meetings all week. Or maybe your week and your horizon looks like you're doing some renos around the home. And maybe your horizon this week is it's your homeschooling kids while trying to juggle the washing and whilst trying to juggle a job. Or, or maybe it's the other, you know. This week the horizon looks like, well, I've got Amazon Prime, I've got Netflix, and I'm going to sit down with chips, Coke, and I'm going to binge on a TV series and watch it all in one hit. Maybe that's you. As you wake up this morning, what were you thinking about? What came to mind? What were you thinking would happen? Last week, we, we, were, we were journeying to treasure. We were, we were looking at Jesus' words as he spoke about a rich fool who, who thought, you know what, I want to have the easy life. I've got heaps now, but how about I get more? And he kept taking more and more and more and more in. And then he thought, I'm going to sit back, enjoy, eat, drink and be merry. And then what happened? He was not rich towards God. He was a fool because before he got to enjoy all of his abundance of things, he got killed. He's dead. He dropped dead. But also Jesus, he, he, he talked about worry and anxiety and, and those thoughts and those concerns. You know, we often worry about clothes and food. And yet Jesus said, no, no, look at the lilies. Look at the birds. Go and step out in creation. You don't need to worry about those things because you know what? I value them, but how much more do I value you? So seek the kingdom. Where your treasure is is where your heart is. So when we get to verse 35 today, Sometimes we can break the text apart and read it on its own. But actually, this is just flowing on from that. In light of where your treasure is and where your heart is, what you seek, whether you worry about things, Jesus is going to move on. He said, but, but be, be dressed. Be dressed for service. Oh. And so what Jesus is about to do for us is he, he's going to go, hang on. You may worry about your clothes. You may worry about what you're going to wear. So don't worry about that. Then he goes even bigger. He's going to pull us out of our little situation, our little moment, and get our eyes fixed on something far grander, something far more amazing, something that when you have that on your horizon, knowing that is what is going to end, what the end game is going to be, guess what that's going to do? It's going to shape how you do stuff today. It's going to shape your horizon today. It's going to shape what you do. And what is this big thing that Jesus pulls us into well it's his second coming see Jesus has come once he's come and through his life death and resurrection he's restored a relationship with us and God but it also Jesus is going to come back a second time see Jesus in the gospel of Luke and in his other gospels he talks about his return the old testament talks about his return Jesus says one day I am going to return the apostle Paul says our citizenship is in heaven and we await a savior Jesus from there Jesus is going to return but I wonder do you live each day thinking that did you wake up this morning? Is that on your horizon? As you woke up and as your, your legs swung out over the bed, did you think to yourself, Jesus could return today? Were you expecting him to return today? And I wonder whether we sometimes get so busy with our lives that we forget the beautiful, blessed hope that we have that Christ could come back at any moment, of any second, of any minute, of any hour, of any day. I wonder do we sometimes get so self-absorbed with our horizon 
that we forget of Christ's beautiful return. And so I wonder then, does that lead us? Does, does our lives look like lives that live in hope, expecting hope, expecting that Jesus would return? Do, do your decisions and your, your decisions in life, your plans, do, do they, are they shaped by knowing that Christ is going to return one day? I want to ask the question today, what's to be on our horizon each day? And as we come to the second coming of Christ, it's a beautiful subject to talk about. It's everywhere in the Bible. But as we come to this subject, I think there's sometimes the things that we can do. There's extremes. There's the extreme where you can become so preoccupied. You can become so busy and absorbed and obsessed with the newspaper. You can become so obsessed with details and world history that you become so consumed by that. You're trying to work out, is Jesus going to return the day? And we've seen that. People have even put dates in history. That you become so obsessed with that that you actually completely forget how you're meant to live in light of that. Or there's the other extreme where we can just never even think about it. We've completely forgotten about it. So I hope today as we come to this text, you're going to see a beautiful thing. You're you're, going to be refreshed to go, no, the return of Christ is, is something that's beautiful. It's not just something that we think in our brain and think will happen one day, but it actually shapes how we make disciples of Jesus today. It actually affects discipleship. Because what, what's to be on our, our horizon each day? What is to capture, uh, capture our thoughts and our attention? We're going to see this to be ready and to be faithful. But if you're joining us for the first time and you're not a Christian, you're not a follower of Jesus, I hope you're going to see that we have a hope as Christians. We have this certain hope that shapes how we live. Because I think deep down, you know it, and I think we all deep down know that there's something far greater than this world. There, there is something beyond what we are experiencing. And my hope is that as you tune in, you will want to find out more about this Jesus. And so let us know if you do want to know more about Jesus Christ. Okay, but let's get, in, let's get into this passage and let's look at two things. We need to be ready and we need to be faithful. What's to be on our horizon each day? Well, it's to be ready in service. It's to be ready. Have a look at verse 35 again. Be dressed, ready for service. Keep your lamps burning. Literally, the, the Greek says, gird your loins, which is like what? Like, gird your loins? I don't really know what that means, but here's what gird your loins means. In the ancient world, they, they wore dresses. Men even wore dresses and they would go down to their ankles. But they were very airy and so the air would keep them cool and it would flow around and they had these long, long dresses. But that meant that if they had to serve and act as a servant or, or to do things, what would they do? They would, they, would, they would gird it up. They would get it ready to serve. And that's what Jesus is saying. The NIV has translated it really well to get us to understand it. It's saying be dressed ready to serve though and keep your lamps Burning, keep the lamps going, keep them flowing. Be dressed, ready for service. You know, maybe you, you've, 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 you've got a contractor coming around, they're a tradie, the plumber or the builder or the electrician, and they turn up early and you're in your PJs with your dressing gown on and you've got the frizzy hair and they knock on the door and you're not ready. It's like, oh man, you've turned up early. I'm not ready for you yet. Well, see, Jesus is saying here, no, no, be ready to serve. Be alert. Be awake. Um, and this image of 
keeping your lamps burning. This, this, this image, it's, it actually is an image that we get from Exodus chapter 12 where the Israelites just on the night of the Passover, Moses is saying to them, get your lamps full. We're going to be on the move. Get ready to move. And Jesus is saying, be dressed, be ready. We're ready to be on the move. Growing up as a kid in the 90s, you know, I'd always hear, who's left the lights on? Who left all the lights on in the house? It's a a 21st century problem even today of having the lights always left on. And now I know for some of you, you're surprised that from the small country town of Parks that I grew up that we even had electricity. Well, I'm sorry to say we did have electricity. We even had running water. And and so, you know, it's, it's a problem that we have. We leave the lights on. But it wasn't a problem they had in the ancient world. They didn't have 240 volts running through cables. They didn't have lights on at night. No one could leave the lights on like we do today, but they needed lamps and you needed to, you know, you fuel them, put wicks in them, put oil in them so that they would burn. And here, Jesus is saying about these people who are ready to serve, they're, they're, that they need to have the lamps for that. They, they want to provide a place to be cosy and warm and alight as the master comes home. So that as the master comes home, be ready to serve him as, as he comes home so that he has a nice warm cup of tea. He won't trip over the front porch. Have a, have a look Have a look what Jesus is saying. Look at verse 36 again. Like servants waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes comes i i love a wedding i don't know about you do you do you enjoy weddings they're a great joy they're a great party i, I love the food i love the dancing you know it's just a, it's a wonderful celebration but there's one thing about aussie weddings right i know it's going to start about 2 p.m in the afternoon there's going to be a bit of a time between and about 6 30 the reception kicks off and i know i'm going to be home well i'm going to be home in bed by 11 p.m or 12 p.m i'll be tucked up and <laughs> snoring away i know that's going to happen nearly at every single aussie wedding but see what happens in the ancient world is in the ancient world you didn't know how long the celebrations went they, they really partied it can go for one two three four five days you just didn't know and you wouldn't know whether whether the, the master was going to come home at 10 p.m. at the first watch or come home at midnight or come home at 3 a.m. You had no idea when the master would come home. So the master of that place, he would, he would go to say, to say to his servants, I'm off to a wedding. I'm going to go celebrate. And so he'd, off he would go. But the servants would have no idea when he would return. They'd have no idea at all. And unusual. So be ready. Uh, this year, my, my lovely wife got the chance to go to Ninja Warrior. And I said, what time are you going to get home? She said, oh, I don't think I'm going to be home until 2 or 3 a.m. in the morning. It's like, oh, man. Like, okay, so it's 10 o'clock and I'm getting tired. I'm going to preach the next day. Getting tired, exhausted. I'm getting grumpier. I'm getting annoyed. I'm thinking, why am I going to stay up? I'm not going to stay up. So I turned all the lights off in the house, went to bed, pulled out the Z's and <laughs> snored away. And an hour got home, I don't know, some ridiculous hour. And I didn't really even hear it come in. But here, they, 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 these, these servants, though, did you, did you notice that they're not half-hearted in their service? They don't fall asleep. They don't turn the lights off, but they keep the lamps stocked. 
They keep the fire stoked. They're dressed. They haven't put their PJs on. They're staying dressed in their servants' clothes. They're there serving and they are ready. They're they're busy about their business, waiting for their master to return. Expectant. But the thing is, is, is if you're not living with expectant, expectation of Jesus's return we Jesus is saying I want, I want to make sure you, you need to be alert you need to be awake be alert and awake just like a th- when a just like when a thief comes you're not awake so Jesus is going to he's going to move the image here he's going to say the same thing in a different different way just like a thief have a look at verse 39 but understand this, if the owner of the house had not known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You've got no idea when a thief's going to rock up, right? Tonight, I've got no idea if a thief's going to come or not. But imagine if I did. See, a thief comes when you're not expecting. A thief crawls in through a window and nicks all your things while you're asleep and you've got no idea. But imagine this, imagine that I knew that tonight a, a thief was going to turn up at 9 p.m. Well, actually, I'd be still awake, but say, say 3 a.m. You know that a thief's going to turn up. You know what I'm going to do? No way I'm going to bed. I'm going to stay dressed. I'm going to have speed dial triple O on my phone. I'm going to put the baseball bat next to the table. I'm going to put the shotgun above the door. And, 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 and as, as they would dig through the door, see, this is the ancient world, they would dig through the clay wall. I'd be there ready, not taken by surprise. I'd be expecting it. But see, a thief, you, you, a thief comes when you're not expecting but see, what Jesus is wanting to do is he, he wants to push this image on us to go, no, be alert, be awake. Jesus is going to come back actually at any time. We don't know when Jesus is going to come back, so be alert. Be alert. Be, be dressed for action. Have a look at verse 40. So you, almost, so you also must be ready. Because why? Because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect Him. So the Son of Man is going to come back when we don't know. We don't know what hour, what day, what month, what year. All I know is that we're one day closer. So we're not meant to go and try and work out exactly when He's going to return. Because if you know when He's going to return, you're going to sit back. But see, Jesus is saying, we don't know when the Son of Man is going to return. So get on the business with serving. Be ready. Be be alert. There's so many voices right now that can distract us. We have the news. We have our Apple News on our iPads. We, we have the newspaper or we, we sit down and we watch the news on the TV or we have Gladys Hour at 11 a.m. every day. There's so many things that can actually distract us. I remember last year in the depth of COVID in lockdown, the amount of things that distracted people. And one of those things that got people distracted was conspiracy theories about vaccines, about the virus. See, conspiracy theories, they actually distract us. They're a great tool used by the devil to actually distract us and to keep us busy whilst we forget what we are on about. 
See, that's what a conspiracy theory is. It's not truth. It's just a theory. It's, it's a conspiracy. And we get so caught up in going, is this true or this not? Or should we do this or we should do not that? That we forget to be ready and alert in service. See, Jesus, we don't know when he's going to return. It could be today. I wonder, did you wake up this morning going, Jesus could return today? He could return tomorrow. See, I wish I was like a, you know, I wish I knew when the thief was going to break in because I'd be, I'd go and get ready for that moment. But what Jesus is saying, no, no, every moment of every day is where we are dressed for action. And I wonder whether some of you are falling asleep or some of you are sitting back or maybe you've got your own agenda. It's, it's on the horizon, your own personal agenda. A bit like that rich fool who goes, I just need more and more of this. An excess of abundance. Or maybe your own agenda of going, you know what, I want to be like that rich man. I want to have the great retirement. We're going to sit back, eat, drink and be merry. The easy life. But what beautiful words of Jesus here that he shares with us through his grace that as we are tempted to worry about the food or the clothes or what we will wear, Jesus, he actually gets our eyes and he lifts them off our little world and he puts our eyes on the bigger perspective that one day he is going to return. He lifts our eyes to the heavens. He, he lifts our eyes to eternity so that you and me know where we fit in and go, you know what, get on with being disciples of Jesus because he's going to return. And knowing that actually shapes us for today. Knowing that Jesus will return, whether it's today, tomorrow, in five years or a thousand years' time, whenever that is, it shapes us for the moment right now. Be ready. What are we to have on our horizon? We are to be ready in service. We need to be ready in service to Jesus. It's a great joy to do that. I, I remember when I was a service manager of a car dealership over the mechanical section. It was a great joy as a manager. It's a great joy as a boss. To, to duck out and you go and do a job out of the office or out of the workshop and you'd, you'd go and maybe post the mail, you'd go and pay a bill or you'd go down to the tool shop and buy some parts that the boys need in the workshop. And it was always a great joy to come back and to walk out into the, into the shop, back out into the workshop. It was such a joy to walk out there and see the workers working, busy, sweating, tools in their hands, getting on with what they'd been entrusted to do. But it was not a joy when you'd come back and they'd be huddled, feet up, on their phone, Facebook. They'd been entrusted with a job, but they, they weren't doing it. Be ready. Be ready. What's on our horizon each day? It's to be, it's to be ready. And, and Peter asks a great question in verse 41. Lord, are you telling this parable to us or to everyone? Peter's he's pretty switched on here in the moment. He's going, hmm, Jesus, are you talking to me as one of the 12? Are you talking to the 72? Are you talking to the crowds or are you talking to the Pharisees? And, and Jesus does what he always does. He, he just does another story. He's sort of like, are you going to answer this question? No, he's not going to answer the question, but he's going to tell an image and a story to make Peter think and to make you and me think really hard. And here's the second point. It's be faithful. Have a look at verse 42. The Lord answered, Who then is the faithful and wise manager? 
whom the master puts in charge of his servants to give them their food allowance at the proper time. It will be good for that servant whom the master finds doing so when he returns. Be faithful. So what Jesus is going to give us another image now, but he's moving on. He's said to be ready, be dressed, but now he's saying, well, what are we meant to do knowing that Christ is going to return? Well, get on with what he's entrusted you to do. See, a faithful servant has been entrusted by the master. He, this, this master has said to the, the master or the servant who's going to overlook the business or the slaves, he says, right, make sure you feed them. Make sure you pay them. He's entrusted this person with a role to then pass that on to others. So to be faithful is to use what you've been entrusted with as the master asks. Pay them on time. But then the opposite is it's being the unfaithful person, isn't it? Whereas you don't do what you've been entrusted with. And that's the picture we get in verse 45 to 46. Turn the page over to 45. If you've got to turn the page over, I've got to turn my page over. Verse 45. Here is the one who doesn't do what he's meant to do. And let me just, just share with you for a moment. This is really strong language. It's actually, maybe you were shocked by it as it was read. But let's, let's read it. Because this language, as strong as it is, for us it's very distant. But in the first century it was language that they understood. It was a scene that was very visible to those hearers in that time. This is what happened or could happen. Suppose the servant, look at verse 45. But suppose the servant says to himself, my master is taking a long time in coming. Hmm, he's not back. And he then begins to beat the other servants, both men and women, and to eat and drink and get drunk. So what was he entrusted to do? Well, he was, in, he was entrusted to give them their food as, as, at the proper time. But instead, he's unfaithful. And so verse 46, the master of the servant will come on a day when he does not expect him. And at an hour, he is not aware of it. So this person has got distracted forgotten moved on ah oh, it's all right i don't have to. i've been entrusted with this but it doesn't matter but this person comes back and what's going to happen have all this language he will cut him into pieces and assign him a place with the unbelievers wow see a steward is using what you've been entrusted to use as a master asks I've used this before. It's, it's like a finance broker or your finance advisor. It's not their money, but they use it as you ask them to use it. And so as Christians, we are stewards of what God has given us. We've been entrusted with the gospel. We've been entrusted with making and growing disciples of Jesus. And, and here in this story, people have been entrusted with something, but yet they've forgotten and they've moved on have a look at verse 47 the servant who knows the master's will right the servant knows what he's meant to do or she's meant to do and does not get ready or does not do what the master wants will be beaten with many blows but the one who does not know and does the things deserving punishment will be beaten with a few blows where it's a it's, it's a picture of steward being a steward it's you've been entrusted with this do it As Peter asks who this is for, 
he asks, who, who, who are you talking to in this moment, Jesus? Is this for genuine Christians? Is it for the Pharisees? I want us to be careful, though, as we read this imagery, that we, we don't push the imagery where we're not meant to push it. And yet, in a way, what he talks about here is nothing in comparison to what lays for those who don't know Christ and spend eternity in hell. And yet, it's nothing in comparison to what you and me actually deserve because we've rebelled against God. But I also want us to make sure we're reading in this context because Jesus, Peter's asking a tough question, but Jesus is also pushing us to go, well, and who's he talking to? I want you to know that primarily, to begin with, Jesus is, he's might not be talking to who you think he's talking to. See, Jesus is speaking, is Jesus speaking to disciples? Is he speaking to non-disciples? Is he speaking to the religious? Well, I want you to remember the context of the passage. Let's have a look. Primarily, to begin with, I, I think he's speaking to religious leaders. Have a look at verse, chapter 11. Verse 52. In chapter 11, Jesus has just been talking about the religious leaders who weigh and burden, they do things. And in chapter 11, verse 52, this is what Jesus says, Woe to you experts in the law, because you have taken away the key to knowledge. You yourselves have not entered, and you have hindered those who were entering. See that the religious leaders, the teachers of the law, they'd been entrusted with the word of God, and yet they hindered people from coming to him. They come up with all these laws all these religions the very thing that they were entrusted to they abused and they abused people they beat them figuratively they they did things they shouldn't have done see what jesus is primarily talking to to begin with is he's, he's, he's talking to people like that they're the religious leaders who 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 actually don't know jesus they're not followers of christ but they've they've been entrusted with something amazing and yet they've abused it and so sadly, even in church history, there's been leaders who actually say they follow Jesus and they don't and they've abused their position of authority. One of the beautiful things about this passage that reminds us that if you are someone who has been abused by that kind of authority before, Jesus will bring true justice. And yet at the same time, as though he's speaking to these religious leaders who have been entrusted with so much, at the same time, Jesus is also speaking to the 12 around him, the disciples who have positions of authority. He's actually speaking also in a way to those people in church who, who have authority, like elders and pastors. You've been entrusted, I've been entrusted to preach the word to you. I need to make sure I use and entrust that gift that God has given me well. That's one of the reasons why I'm not going to just spend an hour a week preparing a sermon. I'm going to put time and energy in it because I've been entrusted with this from God to be a mouthpiece and to, to teach and to encourage and to exhort God's people. So yes, it's, it's, it's in a way he's talking to, speaking to those in authority in high positions. And yet at the same time, he's, he's, he's speaking to ministry leaders of churches, those who may run the prayer ministry, those who could be worship leading. It's, it's saying, be ready in faithful service. Are you, you've been entrusted with a role. Are you diligently doing it? Or are you sitting back and being grumpy and grouchy going, why do I have to do this? 
And yet, in, in a way, there's even another level. It's, it's those of you who attend Tungabi Baptist Church. You've been entrusted with time, resources, money, things. We've been entrusted with so much. Be faithful in serving Jesus with what he's given you. But then he's even talking to those of you who are non-Christians. He's even talking to some of you who may be watching who for 20 years you've come to Toongabi Baptist Church. And the gospel has been preached, Jesus has been presented, and yet you have done absolutely nothing with him. Do you realize it's going to be worse for you on that day than it will be for your neighbor who may never have heard of Jesus? Because you've been entrusted with much. You've heard the will of God, and yet you've done nothing with it. And what we see here is, is there's, there's, there is true retribution. You know, you see, it's those who have been entrusted with more, it's, it's, it's more harsh. With those who have been entrusted with less, it's not. But it's also a reminder for us that there's many people who say they follow Jesus and they actually are not followers of Jesus. We see it throughout the New Testament. There's many who say, yes, I follow Jesus, and yet by their life and their lifestyle, they're not ready, they're not in faithful service, and they just actually ignore Jesus. And they're unbelievers, cut to pieces. But for those of us who are genuine, followers of Jesus be reminded that Jesus was cut into pieces figuratively so that you wouldn't have to be <laughs> that's the hope we have because of Jesus see true followers of Jesus will be ready in faithful service and as we as we understand that, as we understand what Christ went through for us, as we delve into the good news of Jesus going to the cross, death, burial, resurrection, as we delve into that good news of grace and the gospel, what Jesus is doing is he's actually stirring our hearts in this passage. He's, he's stirring them by grace. He's actually showing us how we are to live as we wait for him. So this isn't a guilt trip for Christians. This isn't a passage where you've got to go go away and go, oh man, am I going to be cut that? Am I just going to have it? It's not, it's not a guilt trip passage for Christians. But it's actually a, a passage filled with joy. Have a look. Because Jesus actually, he, he stirs our hearts in a beautiful way. What he's saying is, as followers of Jesus, don't live like this world. You have greater hope. Therefore, be ready in faithful service as you wait for Christ's return. See, there's an abundance of God's grace that just oozes out of this passage. Have a look at verse 37. Go back to verse 37. Halfway through it. right? Those who, who, who gird the loins, who fill the lamps, and they're serving and serving Truly, I tell you, he will dress himself to serve. We'll have them recline at the table and come and wait on them. Now that is, that is totally amazing. See, in the ancient world, the master would come home from the banquet. The slaves would serve him. He would go to bed. 
But here, the creator of the universe, Jesus Christ himself, he comes back. He girds the loins. And he serves the servants. He puts on the he he comes and he serves and we recline at his table. And there's a beautiful picture in Revelation chapter 21 where we will be at the wedding feast of the Lamb. See, Jesus is saying, you know, he, he as you be ready, as you wait, as as you act, as you are faithful in your service of him, when he returns, he's going to take you to a banquet. He's going to say, recline here and I am going to serve you. Wow. And in verse 44, like even another beautiful, oh, I want you to turn over to verse 44. Go to verse 44. Not only are we to go, wow, he's going to serve, but have a look at verse 44. Truly, I tell you, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. All the things of this world, everything's been brought under Jesus' feet. Guess what he's going to do to those who are his faithful followers? You and me, who are being ready in faithful service. He's going to give us all things. They're going to, everything that comes under his feet is going to be ours. Wow. While we've been faithful with what he's entrusted to us in this life, look at the abundance he's going to give us in the next life. That shapes what's on your horizon today. That shapes how you wake up each morning as your alarm goes off. I can't wait for Jesus to return. Let me live in light of that. I've been watching a TV series called The Long Way Round. Um, it was it aired oh, 10, 15 years ago, and it's a story. It, it's, a, it's a documentary of Ewan McGregor and Charlie. I think it's, it's Charlie. It's Charlie Borman. So Ewan McGregor and Charlie Borman, they, they get these BMW bikes, not road bikes, but not full dirt bikes, but they're in between, and they travel around the world. And they have their tents on the back. They go through Mongolia. They go everywhere else. They go here. They go there. They go through Russia. And I've been exhilarated by this journey, this documentary. And I thought to myself, man, wouldn't it be good to do that? I'd love to hop on a motorbike, travel to Cape York and back with a tent and a swag. Wouldn't it be great to go through Mongolia on a motorbike? I'd love to do that. And you know what? Maybe I may do it in this life. But knowing that Christ returns, knowing what he's going to do in the new heavens and the new earth, I don't have to enjoy that in this life if I don't get to. It means I don't have to enjoy every waterfall. See, it's okay because I have eternity with Jesus. I'm going to be able to explore the new heavens and the new earth in a more glorious way. See, on their horizon, there's many things in this world. For everyone who's in lockdown, there's so many things that people are thinking about. When are we going to get out of lockdown? When am I going to be able to fly on a plane again? When am I going to go and see this or see my family or go and see a beautiful waterfall somewhere? That's on everyone's horizons. But as, as Christians, we don't have to worry about that. Because while... <laughs> They spend an eternity without Christ. We get to spend an eternity with Christ in the new heavens and the new earth, enjoying the new creations and the new earth. A series that I lo have loved to read is the C.S. Lewis Narnia, the Chronicles of Narnia, a, a series of Aslan and these, these children as they journey in this land. And yet, as I read C.S. Lewis's books, they're a great picture of what Jesus has done and what God has been doing through his plan of salvation. 
And in his last book called The Last Battle, where, where we, we read about this old Narnia and there's the new Narnia. And what, what C.S. Lewis is doing is, is picturing here's our world right now, the old Narnia, and here's the, the new heavens and the new earth as the, the new Narnia. And here's what he says. Here's what he writes. All their life in this world and all their adventures had only been the cover and the title page. Now at last, they were beginning chapter one of the great story, which no one on earth has read, which goes on forever, in which every chapter is better than the one before. That's our reality as Christians. I love it how he puts it that every chapter just gets better. I love it in another part in the book where it says that the, the oranges in old Narnia, they tasted good, but the oranges in the new Narnia, they just get better and better and better every time we eat them. And knowing that we have eternity, knowing that what we are going to be given in Christ means that today, what's on our horizon today as we wake up, we roll up our sleeves. We roll up our sleeves in acts of service. We roll up our sleeves in faith, fully serving the King. This week I've been so challenged by this, this passage that as I have woken up in the mornings this week, I have reminded myself Jesus could come back today. Am I ready? Am I going to serve him today expecting him to return? And what I want you to do, I want to encourage you. Graham, Graham Dunkley, a couple of weeks ago, he, he talked to us about being sent and he said, why don't you on a Tuesday set your alarm for 2 p.m. so that as it goes off, you're reminded that you've been sent into this world. You know what I want you to do? I want you to grab your phone and on my iPhone, I can even label my alarm. And so I've labeled my alarm, my wake-up alarm like this. So that as my alarm goes off, it says, be ready in service. It could be today. Be ready in service. It could be today. What a wonderful, to remi wonderful reminder each morning as you wake up. Jesus could return today. Am I going to be found in service of him? Am I going to be found as doing what he's entrusted me to do? Why is it okay for you to give away money? Because Christ is going to return. Why is it okay to not why is it okay not to have to watch every amazing TV series that's on Netflix or Amazon Prime or on Disney Plus or whatever it is? Why don't we have to watch every single one of them? Because look what's coming. You're not going to miss out. See, we often we binge because we think, am I going to miss out on this? But Christ's returning. Christ's returning. It's amazing. And, and age, age doesn't affect what Jesus says here. It's not that when you get to 80, you tap out. It's not when you're 20, you're, you're tapped out for a few years while you do your uni degree. No, no, what Jesus is saying, he's saying to every follower of him, he says, be alert today by serving in faithfulness. See, those who are ready in faithful service for Christ's Christ return are not lazily sitting around keeping church seats warm while reading the newspaper and trying to work out whether when Christ will return or what day it is. 
No, those who are ready in faithful service are those who are alive and active in serving Christ with passion, with a passion for making and growing disciples of Jesus. What has Jesus entrusted us with? What are we to be found doing? Matthew chapter 28, verse 20. Make and grow disciples of Jesus. How are you using what God has given you? Are you seeking the kingdom of God by what you've entrusted and you're giving back to Him? Do you want to know what it is to be ready in faithful service? I've just told you. One of those aspects is it's getting on with the job of making disciples of Jesus. That's one of those things. It's, it's rolling your sleeves up. It's rolling your sleeves up and being a steward of what is entrusted to you. Why don't you this week take an infantry? Why don't you take a stock take? Every year in the, in the mechanical business, we would do a stock take of the parts that we would have. Why don't you today or tomorrow, why don't you take a stock of what God has given you, your house, your car, your money, your job, whatever it is, take stock and go, Jesus could return today. I am to be ready in faithful service. How does he want me to use what he has given me today for him? What resources has God given you in this moment that you can use? Maybe you're a uni student. Maybe what you need to do is actually to take stock and go, wow, look at the time that God has given me. I've got these study hours, but I've got a lot of free time here and here and here. And you go, you know what? I'm going to use that to serve him. One of the ways you might be able to serve as a uni student is, you know what, you can actually be involved in more ministries than what other people can be. Maybe you might be able to be involved in kids ministry or youth ministry at the same week. That's using and being using your time as God has entrusted those things to you. But it will look different for a young mum who's got five kids under the age of seven and she's sleepless. She's not going to be able to do kids church and to do youth group. But she's been entrusted in that moment with those kids to serve them. What is God? At what age bracket? Are you 85? Are you 60? Where are you at in that? What's God entrusted you with at this moment? You may be 85, yes, and you can no longer mow the lawns. But you can serve Jesus in different ways. Take stock. Now you might be going, yeah, that, that's great, James. It's, 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 yeah, when we're in person on a Sunday, we can do that. When we're out of lockdown, yes, we can do it. What am I meant to do in lockdown when I'm locked down in my home on my own? Well, have a think about what God's entrusted you with for these next couple of weeks. He may have entrusted you with more time on your hands. Maybe it's a time where you go, you know, I can do a bit of study, theological study, so that I can learn, so I can teach better. What has God entrusted you with at this moment? Maybe it's in this moment that God's entrusted you with more time so that you can read good books like this. So that it stimulates your thinking and you delight in Jesus and you're awake going, I can't wait till Jesus returns. What has God entrusted you with? You know what God's entrusted to us as Christians at this moment in history? Unlike other moments when they've had world flus where things are locked down. You know what God's entrusted us with? He's entrusted us with the internet, cameras, computers, phones and Zoom. He's entrusted us with Zoom. Now I, I, don't, I really struggle with Zoom. It's exhausting. And it can be so tempting to go, it's too hard. 
But God's actually entrusted us in this moment to have something like that where we can connect, where we can encourage, where we can grow together as disciples of Jesus. Be ready in faithful service of Him. Because look at verse 48. But the one who does not know and does things deserving punishment will be beaten with a few blows. But have a look at the end of the verse. This is the bit I want you to look at. From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. We've been given the kingdom of God. We have been given so much in Christ Jesus. May what God has given you, your house, your car, your rental, whatever it is, whatever God has given you, may we use what we have for Christ. See, Christ's return, what does it do for us? We are to be awake and alert. We are to be ready in faithful service. We're not to be sitting back trying to work things out, We're not, but we are to be out there making disciples of Jesus. What's on your horizon this week? What's on your horizon in the months that may lay ahead? Because Jesus could return today. May it, may it not be getting caught with a chart in our hands or a disagreement over when Jesus will return and how he's exactly going to return with disagreements. But may we be a church that's caught May we be a, ch a church when Christ returns who catches us being ready in faithful service to him as we journey in service together. Let's pray. Father, we yearn for that day when Christ will return. I yearn for that day where we will be in our new bodies, where we will no longer sin, where all the... The beauty and the wonder of this new creation won't be marred by our rebellion. Father, help us as a church to wake up each day and go, Christ could return today, so let's serve him with what he's entrusted us with here today. Father, grow us, change us. Help us to delight in Christ our Saviour. And Father, I, I want to pray for those who may be listening right now who go, yep, I've heard this over and over and yet, over again and yet have done nothing with it. Father, prompt them. Lord, may they do something with Jesus today. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.